ever thought, what is a professional? Probably not. Here at the Professional by Choice podcast, we interview professionals of all types, C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, social workers, accountants, athletes, you name it. We get the privilege of hearing their stories and figuring out just what makes them a professional in their field. You're listening to the Professional by Choice podcast. And now, here's your host, Chris Molina. All right, Tanache, welcome, and thank you for taking time out of your day to talk with us today. Yeah, uh, no problem, Chris. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're very happy to, uh, to have you. So we'll go ahead and jump in. Um, so can you tell us a, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you're at now, what organizations you've been affiliated with, um, both in the past and the present? Okay. Um, my name is Tanache Chaponda. I am a, 20 years old. I am a junior attending Western Michigan University studying sales and business marketing. I'm originally from Harare, Zimbabwe, and then I, my, my family and I moved here to, uh, to Kalamazoo, Michigan in 2001. Um, as in terms of where I am right now, um, I am the founder and president of a volunteer organization called Focus Kalamazoo, and the overall goal of the organization is to help empower individuals through uh, service by educating and connecting and developing them. Uh, through our different volunteer opportunities that we have. Um, not only that, but I'm also a uh, Jeter's Leaders alumni. It's a program that Dirk Jeter started himself here in Kalamazoo. Uh, I am also a Kalamazoo Promise recipient. So of, of my uh, city here of Kalamazoo, there's something called the Kalamazoo Promise, where they actually pay for tuition for all of their public school students uh, for their undergrad year. So um, years, so I'm very grateful to, to have the opportunity. Um, I am also the Human Resources Director of a new student organization that's starting at, here at uh, Western Michigan University in their business college called the Intercultural Business Student Association. And the overall goal of the organization is to really bring all cultures, all majors, all backgrounds together to help network and develop each other and also go out into the community and volunteer as business students. Awesome. So. I was uh, after maybe the third or fourth organization. I was waiting to you go to ten, maybe eleven. <laughs> it sounds like a lot for a twenty-year-old. Yeah. It sounds like you're juggling a bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely, am. But it's definitely a lot of fun at the same time. That's awesome. So you mentioned um, the the president and founder of Focus Kalamazoo. Yeah. Um, so you refer to that as Focus, right? Yeah, Focus. Yeah. Focus. So, so can you tell us a little bit more about Focus and, and, and what made you start it? Okay, um, so uh, being part of Derek Jeter's uh, Jeter's Leaders Program in high school, I had the opportunity of uh, volunteering throughout my city. They empowered us, us high schoolers, and we traveled around the U.S. doing service projects, uh, leadership development. So when I had graduated from high school at Lauren Eric's High School and went to Western Michigan University, I wanted to bring that same culture into the college environment. Being that with a lot of my peers, um, when it came to volunteering, a lot of people tend to see it more as work. Uh, they don't understand the full value of volunteering, that it goes beyond just you giving a hand down or you spending your hours. It's, it's really about helping to make an impact in other people, but also developing yourself as a leader. So I wanted to create an organization that really catered to the volunteers. Because so I noticed that um, with a lot of the issues are, a lot of students don't know where to start to volunteer, um, sometimes from the nonprofit standpoint, being that a lot of nonprofits only have so, so many resources, so many staff and money, that sometimes for being a volunteer-based organization, they sometimes forget about the volunteers. So I wanted to be that organization that really focused on the volunteers and really made sure that they had the best experience possible. 
But I also want to make sure that we took another step forward and that we uh, really incorporated a leadership uh, and self-development aspect of it. So in terms of operations, um, our mission statement is uh, creating and providing sustainable volunteerism uh, to, to empower individuals through education, connection, and development. So when students come to us, they ask us for different uh, volunteer opportunities, and we help them connect with opportunities uh, with, different, with our different nonprofit partners. So I started this September uh, 2009, 2013. The first year, we did 11 events, which we had 90 volunteers come out. Last year, our second year, we had, um, we had 56 events, 400% increase with, a, with 180 students. So as you kind of can see, like the growth of our event compared to the growth of our volunteers were a little bit different because we not only wanted to really focus on the events, but we also wanted to focus on the retention of our volunteers. So that's why event-wise it increased by 400%, but our uh, volunteer base only increased by 100% because we really wanted to make sure that the people that were going out to volunteer were, were also coming back and wanted to do it more. So that's kind of the overall goal of what we had to focus. And as we grow now, my team, internal team, our amazing people that are in it, we've grown from a leadership team of nine to now we're at 24. Um, we Not only that, but we also created an ambassador program within Focus Kalamazoo, which is a group of 10 individuals who had to apply for it. Uh, they go through a, a, a leadership through service curriculum, which we have created ourselves. So that way, not only do they get to learn about volunteerism, but they get to incorporate that into their own leadership um, um, self-development. And we also want to take a step forward with our ambassador program with the Focus Ambassadors. And not only that, but they each all have to present their own social issue uh, presentation based off an issue that they're really passionate about. So we not only do we have that uh, program, we also have our site leader program. So being that uh, currently we are, we, are, we are at 94 events, so for every single Focus event that we do, we have someone from Focus who's a representative go to those events and make sure that our volunteers have the, a, a great experience. But not only that, but they also lead self-development, self self-reflection uh, discussions after every single event. So we created the Site Leader Program to help volunteers who not only wanted to be able to give back to the community, but also help and lead others. So that's kind of how our Site Leader Program had started. And we have six amazing Site Leaders who do a, a, a phenomenal job in really helping empower, connect, and develop our volunteers once they get to the volunteer site. That is awesome. Yeah. So, so I, I love how, how much you try to involve leadership into your service. Yeah. Um, because you can you can definitely kill two birds with one stone because you have people that are leading and why not help develop those people that are volunteering while helping the community around you. Yes. Um, and then so um, just so the listeners can um, understand um, clearly – um, your organization doesn't focus on just one part of the community. Right? Yes. It's, it's focused on just um, um, making sure that events happen and help facilitating events. Is that, is that correct? Yes, yes. So uh, how we work with our, from a nonprofit standpoint is that uh, we don't just send people to random nonprofits. We also not only want to focus on the uh, volunteer satisfaction and getting them out there, we also want to make sure that we're building long-lasting relationships with our nonprofits. So we actually have uh, we have worked with twelve different nonprofits, and it's not that we uh, just allow any nonprofit to be a partner. We really want to make sure that uh, before we sign that MRU with any um, nonprofit to become our partner, that it's a nonprofit that we can see ourselves working with long term. So we have nonprofits varying all the way from Habitat for Humanity, 
Rickman House, uh, which is a which is a nonprofit that houses uh, uh, people with, with a disability and also homeless. We also have ministries with community here in Kalamazoo, which is a soup kitchen and also provide different uh, necessities for families who need it. We also have Friendship Village, which is a senior home. We also work with uh, organizations here on Western Michigan University's campus, which is Gibbs House, uh, which is a house of sustainability. Uh, we also work. Okay. So as you can say, uh, you see our our nonprofits really vary because we want to make sure that you as a volunteer, that we give you different options and ways that you can give back and see the community from different aspects. So, yes, we are all over the community with different nonprofits that we work with. That's that is awesome because I've, I've, I've literally heard from people say that they want to help, but they don't know where to start. Yeah. And that's exactly what you do. You're, you're basically a hub for people who want to help out. Yes, yes, definitely. That's awesome. So you, you talked about the 400% increase. It sounds pretty successful. Why, why would you say your organization is, is successful? Um, the reason I'd say that our organization is successful is because we really focus in on the sustainability because I've noticed with a lot of uh, organizations, a lot of events, they're really, they, they always say, you know, we've gotten X amount of volunteers, X amount of hours. But who's really tracking how many of those people are really coming back? You know, how many of those people who, are, who join your organization want to uh, keep giving back? Because what our motto is, we say it's not necessarily about only volunteering with focus, but it's about hoping that we, you learn something from Focus so that one, one day when you move to a different city or you start working with Focus, that you still want to be able to give back in your own way. So what I mean like that is uh, some of the different alumni that we've had who came through Focus is one who graduated last year. He's currently working on right now on, on getting into the Peace Corps. Um, okay. We also have one person right now who's, who is motivated through Focus and who's currently working on his own uh, project to be able to go to Lesbos and, and, and really help with the Syrian refugees there. And the reason why he, you know, he came up with the idea is because he was part of Focus, saw the, the potential that someone can have with the passion of wanting to give back with the right resources and taking initiative. So really the reason why we're successful is because we not only get to get people to volunteer, but people want to keep doing it after they leave Focus. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So I, uh, I, I think that uh, even the listeners can agree that this organization sounds very interesting, and we could probably spend the entire podcast <laughs> talking about it and, and just talking about all the different experiences, but um, I'll, I'll leave you with two questions. So the first one, uh, how many people, if you had to ballpark it, would you say um, has, has been affected? Let me word that different. Um, through Focus, how many people would you say have been affected through all of your service events? All of our service. From the volunteer standpoint, um, last time we had checked um, – it was a, a little bit over 300 volunteers that we worked with, uh, college and high school students. And in terms of the people that were affecting the community, um, from just like ministries of the community with just that uh, nonprofit, one event, we are serving a uh, minimum around 100 to 200 people per event. That's specifically mm -hmm. just on one nonprofit. So um, in terms of ballpark, I would have to say potentially 400 to be safe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, overall, we're, especially being that we are a young organization, this sure. this uh, this uh, in, 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 by February we'll actually be publishing our first uh, quarterly quarterly report. That's something that we really want to focus in on uh, heading towards our third year is being able to track more of the specific data. So for those you know individuals who are interested in knowing more about specific who are impacting, we'll be uh, publishing our first report. That is awesome. So easily by the time you 
leave college if if, if you do leave that area it'll be in the thousands definitely easily. definitely yeah that's awesome um last question do you have a favorite service event that you oh. you were you were done with the event and, and you just got to go home and you were just you had a smile planted on your face because oh. you were just so passionate about it oh man okay uh for this one uh this is one that we actually had done uh, i believe nine months uh from when we like when, when we just started so uh Derek Jeter um for us alumni Jeter's leaders uh we have the opportunity of applying for up to a $10,000 service project so um during my freshman year in uh in college with this focus we actually had applied for a grant and we actually got it for a for a for an elementary school it was called the Woodward Garden Expansion where Derek Jeter funded us with $6,000 we went to a school here on the north side of Kalamazoo called Woodward, and um, we actually uh, helped them build a new garden. They already had an existing garden, but the issues that they had with that garden was that the, the uh, there were some lining issues with their pond. So with that money, right. we were able to reline their entire pond. Not only that, but a lot of the different grades wanted to have their own uh, own bed uh, to, to plant their own, uh, different vegetables and fruits in. So we expanded okay. their garden from one side and we created six new, entirely new beds on the other side of their school. So, the, wow. so with this, we had, um, 50 volunteers come out Two uh, two families that, uh, their kids attended Woodward had came and just being able to, you know, approach this school and the principal and say, Hey, we can have up to $10,000, you know, to apply for a grant. What do you want? They want X, Y, and Z. <laughs> um, not only that, but the, uh, we also provided uh, different uh, community games for the kids that were there. So we actually had different uh, physical activity games with prizes. We even wanted to incorporate some education. So we had them do like this little relay where, you know, they started off with jumping jacks. Uh, jumping jacks, you spin your head on the bat. And then to top it off, we then had them do math, simple math at the end of it. <laughs> so really being able to incorporate that physical and education piece of it at the same time. So that is still by far my favorite project that we had done. It was called the Woodward Garden Expansion 2014. So as we move on forward, um, I'm really proud to say that February uh, 7th, um, that's coming up in a little bit, um, we'll be reaching our 100th event. We'll be having what we call, That's awesome. yeah, definitely. We're having what we call Project Impact. We want to get, uh, we'll be having 100 students, not even just students, volunteers throughout the entire community in one day volunteering at different uh, nonprofit partners that we have and really to, you know, make that next step for focus to show them that, you know, this is just beyond just college, one specific college. It's really about bringing the community together for the better because, you know, it's not something that, Oh, one person can do by themselves or one organization. It takes the entire community to make a, a change. Absolutely. And going back to spinning around on a bat and then having to do simple math, I think that would be hilarious in college. Do that, but with calculus. Oh, man. And <laughs> yeah. I'm a business student, so that's the most uh, math we do is algebra, so I'll stay there. There you go, yeah. I'm sure that'll still be tough, yeah. spinning around all that. Yeah, so, um, so you also talked about um, an intercultural business organization. Can you tell us a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, so that's a new organization. Of, uh, my, uh, this, this, my now good friend, Daniel Lopez, had approached me uh, a couple of months ago, and basically he, he, he wanted to bring more diversity into the, uh, the, the business uh, career, the business uh, just professional one in general. So he wanted to create an organization here at our business college, which welcomed all majors and cultural backgrounds uh, to really help network with each other. Because as, as you know, being at a college, a lot of different organizations are based on one specific major. 
So he wanted to create an organization that brought all majors together because that way when we network and get to know each other, we get to see things from a different perspective. Being that I'm a sales student, a sales and business marketing, when I'm with sales and business marketing students, we tend to have the same kind of perspective of things compared sure. to like an accountant or a supply chain major, et cetera. So he wanted to bring those different perspectives into one room to really help um, grow as individuals, learn more about each other, but also really that cultural background of uh, no matter what race you are, gender, et cetera, major, bring it all together. So we actually had our, our um, launch um, two weeks ago. Uh, as of right now, we now have uh, 17 uh, Intercultural Business Student Association ambassadors. These are some very well-driven people. So throughout this next awesome. semester, we'll be working together to really see how we can all develop as individuals. But the really the key thing why I really loved this organization was that their president, Daniel Lopez, president and founder, he really wanted to incorporate service into it. You know, making sure that not only are we, you know, networking, but we're giving back to, to the communities who've invested so much in us. Sure, absolutely. That is awesome. So what was was there anything specific that made you want to say yes to that? Yeah. Um, because okay. because uh, I'm sure you would you would have people coming up to you often about, hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do that. And you have to learn how to say no. Yeah. But you said yes to this. Yeah. Um, I think also not only that, but the fact that um, last summer um, I had interned at a, at a Fortune 500 company. And we had 67 interns, and uh, of those 67 interns, guess how many of them were African American, Chris? Out of 56, top. Oh, six, 67, um, sorry. Six, uh, 67, jeez. Uh, five, ten? One. There was one. There was one African American, and that was me. Jeez. That was me. There was one African American, and there's one other person. I'm not uh, uh, from the uh, Middle East region. I'm, I'm not exactly sure of his background, and there was one person sure. from Hawaii. So, a total, there were three people that weren't of, you know, white, who had a, uh, who were white. So sure. when he approached me with this concept, I had that experience literally maybe three months prior. Wow, yeah. You know, so I, I, I knew this was something that I really needed. But not only that, but when I was at my internship, when I walked in that, into that first intern uh, orientation, I saw that I was only African-American. Most people would, you know, be mad, but I, I was excited. And really the reason huh. why I was excited was because I knew that I had an opportunity to, one, already I'm sticking out, but two, to prove why there should be more African-Americans in the professional world. I, That's awesome. I saw it as an opportunity for me to really pave that path for other people to uh, bring them the opportunity. Because I noticed a lot of people when it comes to, you know, diversity and inclusion in corporations, they always point the fingers at, you know, the, the heads, the CEOs, et cetera. But the thing is, I thought maybe let's focus in more on those African-Americans, on those minorities already in the corporations and, you know, put more pressure on them to really make an impact on the organization so that they can, you know, pave the path for more minorities to come in. So I kind of saw it to me as a calling, as a way for me to really perform the best that I can so when I leave, they can, you know, at least remember, oh, yeah, there was that one African-American person. He did really great. So maybe in the sure. future, that bias will maybe might, you know, tear down a little bit more so exactly yeah and that way they're not they're not seeing um color culture exactly. they're just seeing skills and, and and they they don't have to have that stigma of well i don't know how these type of people work at all and you can prove that you're just the same if not better yeah exactly i agree that is awesome I, and i love the mindset of being more proactive and and, and more positive uh, as opposed to saying well why am i the only one and and, and then trying to or just naturally not going with the flow and not going with the group. I love that. I love that mentality. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. That's awesome. So it seems like 
like a lot of your decisions, and I know we only, we only touched on two organizations that you're with, but um, they come from your your passion for social change, and and it seems like you have a natural natural inclination for doing the right thing. And whenever we whenever we talk about being a professional by choice, um, doing the right thing or integrity is absolutely vital. And I, I always think that integrity means doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Mm-hmm. And I love your stories because nobody told you to do these selfless things. At least, well, you didn't mention that if anybody was on the sidelines saying, hey, Tanashi, go, go, go and do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what's, what, what's the feeling that you get after you've completed one of those acts of service, um, after you know you, some, you've moved somebody, you've helped somebody? Um, feeling, I mean, overall, it, it really gives me purpose. And, and what I mean is, you know, a lot of people go day by day, uh, just kind of living life and not really seeing the bigger picture. So when I finish a volunteer event or after, uh, getting up for meeting about planning a volunteer event, it just really helps me kind of see the bigger picture being that my mom did pass away when I was in eighth grade. Um, um, for a while I was kind of, you know, depressed obviously very closed up and then once i started volunteering and giving back i started to realize that there's a lot that i can do as an individual but not only that but you know that we are going to die one day and and really how i see is i need to be able to do as much as i can to serve others just like the way my mom would want me to do it um being in the city of kalamazoo with the kalamazoo promise they're paying for my college being part of the uh, of Derek Jeter's Jeter's Leaders Program throughout high school and them investing in me, taking me around the uh, the U.S. volunteering, you know, like the the least that I can do is give back to someone else, you know. So the feeling that I got is just really appreciating, you know, the the time that I have to be able to give back. So I mean, I've a certain feeling. It's kind of hard, you know, to kind of put it in words, but sure, absolutely. Really, all I can say that that it gives me purpose. Yeah, that, no, I love that. It, it's it, you. You kind of feel like you're 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 balancing things in the universe with the awesome things that've been given to you. Yeah, exactly. the least the least you can do is give back. Exactly, exactly. That is awesome. So I guess if we had to put a title on you and and see what kind of professional you are, it seems like you're a a professional social entrepreneur or yes. a professional professional social businessman um, focused on social change. Yes, yeah. and it seems like. You've in just these couple stories, you've been able to to accomplish a lot while being a college student and having summer internships and, and starting organizations, being in organizations, leading organizations, developing other leaders. How how have you been able to juggle all these things, um, affect so many people, and, and still have time to sleep and eat? Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is you know I'm, I'm only uh, oops oh sorry actually I'm actually 21. I turned 21 two weeks ago. I'm just not, oh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. So I'm actually not used to saying 21 yet. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah, sorry, listeners. I'm 21. Uh, January 4th. Yeah. So um, so in terms of balancing, um, what, what really what keeps me going is um, a uh, basically a uh, I'd watch a a, a commencement that um that a, a speech that Steve Jobs had done at Stanford about death. You know, and really realizing that you know that your time is limited. You know, and not really wasting it, living someone else's life. And, you know, I can quote the whole thing, but obviously we have time for that. <laughs> but um, once I really realized the pure concept of death and really the power of it, 
that's when I realized that, you know what, that I, I, my time is limited and I have to do as much as I can while I'm here. So really the concept of death, death is what keeps me driving, driven. Because at first, you know, when I first got this concept, it was starting to kind of take me the wrong way. You know, like it was more, it was starting to eat me up instead of me sure. embracing it. But then yeah. one day, you know, I just realized, okay, I have the ability of do something, I need to take it on. But being that I am 21, would just turned 21, and I'm still young, I'm still, if there's still a lot of things that I'm not sure yet, I'm very immature. Like, I see myself as immature, being that I know I have a lot to learn. Um, I still have my downfalls. Being that um, when I do volunteer, when I do work, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, I could be at this Habitat for Humanity event, but I know that someone else across the town needs help, or X, Y, Z, no matter where I'm at, there's always going to be someone sure. needs help. So sometimes that also eats me alive because then sometimes I don't always get to sleep because the idea of the amount of problems on, in, in the world makes me keep going, which is also a downfall. Sure. So I really learned a way of balancing that is really staying focused on what I can do now instead of spreading myself thin. So that's kind of like how I've kind of gotten better at that is really being able to focus on one thing, make the biggest impact I can, and then move to the other but not only that, yeah. but um, the first two years of college, I was really focused on, you know, the grind, you know, working hard, working hard, X, Y, and Z. But now sure. that focus is running. It's, it's now becoming the point where it's sustainable. We have a great leadership team, very passionate. Now my, awesome. my goal of this year is to be more social. As funny as that sounds, I really <laughs> lack being social. Like, you can put me in a room with a thousand professionals. Trust me, I would network. You put me, in a, put me in a room with a hundred, with a thousand peers, I'm going to have a really hard time trying to, you know, just <laughs> kick back and relax. So really, I've been really working on that uh, this past uh, year and doing some things like uh, time blocking, you know, being safe, like sure. telling my team after this time, I'm not going to respond to anything, putting my phone away. I'm telling you, when you set that phone aside, you, it, <laughs> it really does make a difference. Um, that also working out helps a lot, too. Um, now that school has started, I haven't been able to do it as much. But overall, um, it's a work in progress. Um, I, I can tell you that I'm not where I want to be. I can tell you that you might follow me on social media, see me doing all the great things, but know that behind the scenes sometimes, I'm, you know, my body is hurting, I'm stressing, I, I have random break, like, you know, breakdowns every once in a while. So then kind of shows you that, you know, that no one's perfect. You know, that everyone really has their own downfalls. So I feel like a lot of people, when they see me, they'll say, like, you know, I, I want to give back, but I don't know how to start an organization. I'm just saying you don't have to start an organization. You know, you could go down to the soup kitchen once, once every year, once, and that will make a difference. Yep. It's just about Absolutely. going out there and doing something. So in terms of balancing, um, I'm still not there yet, but I'm working sure. on it. Um, it's kind of, you know, hurt a, a little bit on my personal side in, in terms of like the business side, but I'm still really working on, you know, bettering that. So. Sure, absolutely. I think that uh, that's great advice, great message, yeah. and I'm pretty sure there are very few people in the world that can say without a shadow of a doubt that their life is 100% balanced. Yeah. And we're we're always striving to become better. So mm -hmm. as long as we're always staying on that path of of striving to become better, I think that that's that's where improvement and that's where success is. Yeah, exactly. Is, is the con the continuation of striving to be better. Yeah. Um. So. If, if there are listeners who want to uh, make an impact in their community after hearing your, your stories, um, other than going to a soup kitchen and, and doing that, 
what advice would you give them? And, and also, um, would they be able to connect with your organization or, or do they have to find um, their own in their own community? Okay, um, to first start off, um, before I talk about focus, uh, first with the individuals listening to this, I really want to say find what you're passionate about before figuring out how to, you know, help others or, you know, volunteer. So what I mean is, an example, you could be an aviation major, an, an artist, uh, aviation major. If you're flying a plane, um, why, find little kids, you know, uh, at an elementary school and take them up flying with you. You know, if you're a painter, um, volunteer your time uh, helping people, um, helping little kids paint or, or going to the senior home and painting. So, so before you can really, you know, start helping in a way that's going to be sustainable and that you're really going to enjoy it, find out what you're passionate about. And a lot of people have a hard time figuring out what they're passionate about. So, like, another question that, that you can ask yourself is, what are things around you that you really don't like that you really want to see change in? You know, that's where your passion is at. Like, for me, I was getting mad because people didn't see the full value of volunteering. So I want to do something about it. You know, so I started an organization. You know, so really sitting there and saying, what's something every day you like, I wish this would be different or, you know, they should stop doing this. Or, or maybe it's like, maybe it's your boss is doing X, Y, and Z and you hate that. You know, maybe it's like, okay, maybe you need to be that individual who supports your, 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 your uh, peers, your colleagues, yourself. You know, um, don't, don't always see it necessarily as having to be part of a nonprofit. It's just, you know, finding out what grinds your gears and seeing how you can use your skills and your weaknesses to, you know, pursue that by fixing that problem. And then while you're doing it, always ask, how can I help someone else by what I'm doing? You know, Absolutely. So. And, and I love that train of thought. Um, I remember hearing entrepreneurs talk about following the pain. Yeah. And, and, and that there's a reason why pain pills sell more than vitamins. It's because people... Um, generally will let the pain come first and then they try to remedy the pain. Yeah, exactly. So following the pain, oh, that, that's great advice. I love it. Um, so um, contacting oh, yeah. you, is there, is there um, contacting you about focus or any of that stuff? Is there a way that people can do that? Yeah, so for contacting me about focus, um, you, you, you can go to our website. Uh, yes, we have a .org. It's a uh, www.focuskalamazoo.org. Uh, that would take you straight to our website. You can find out more, more about us, more about the team. You can then contact me directly from there. My email is on there specifically for Focus. If you're just someone who just wants to talk about yourself and you know, self-development, uh, talk about your story, uh, uh, you can contact me directly at tinashechaponda at gmail.com. That's T I. N-A-S-H-E-C-H-A-P-O-N-D-A at gmail.com. So, That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely make sure that we put the links out there and any that um, you, you might have left out yeah. uh, whenever we put the podcast out. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So um, lastly, before we go, um, I did want to mention one thing. I'd like to try to end these on a, um, a non-professional note. Okay. So your Twitter account says that um, you're Zimbabwe's future president. Yeah. <laughs> so in the next 20 to 30 years, should we expect President Tanache out there? or, uh, or <laughs> um, Let's give me 30 to 45 years to be safe, 30 <laughs> to 45. Um, yes, that's definitely something that I'm striving for. Um, I am going to be the president of Zimbabwe. 
And the reason, yeah, and the, <laughs> I love yeah, it. Love it's it. really honestly, it's about the mindset because because uh, a lot of people ask me like, do you really think you're going to be president? You know, it's like you know it's dangerous yeah. out there, and you know, and really what I tell people is that uh, when you have a mindset of doing something like that, um, it's not even about the title that really matters. It's about what it takes to even get to a point like that. You know, sure. it, the the amount of change that I'll be able to see, the amount of great people I'll meet. Um, the amount of struggles that I now have to go through and overcome and, and to be able to keep going. That is really what I'm more excited about is the journey of getting there, you know. And if I do happen to be president, which obviously I'm going to be president because of my mindset, <laughs> then it's going to be amazing because um, the other day I thought, you know, so what happens after I'm done being president? I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a world change. Not only Zimbabwe, but I got to help, you know, conquer the world in a way. So, you know, sure. it's just that I would say, yes, definitely give me 30 to 45 years to be there. Um, if I'm not the president of Zimbabwe, I'm telling you, I'm going to be impacting Zimbabwe in a way, in a major way. Um, it might not even be me or my face doing it, but, you know, regardless if people are watching or not, I'm going to be going back to my people and helping them as, in any way I can and bringing all the education and resources that I got here in the United States back to my country. That's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So it, there, there's no if, it's, it's going to yes, happen. Yes, I will. Yes. It, 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 <laughs> the, the issue here is when. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, President Tanashe, thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. I, uh, awesome. uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to hear my story. Uh, absolutely, anytime. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this PBC podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave a review for future listeners and let us know what you thought of this episode. We would love to hear from you. You can also head over to professionalbychoice.com to be kept up to date on our new episodes released every Monday. The ball is now in your court. How are you choosing to be a better professional each day?